Hey there, friend. I'm going to shoot straight on this. The concept of family is vital. It's a ginormous value with God. Let's think about it. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, really a unified family spirit. And in Genesis, it says, God said, let us, plural, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image. And what did he do? He created a male and a female. He created a marriage and gave them the capacity to procreate and develop family life. In this episode, we're going to discover why family is so important, the reality of the family being under assault today, but yet how the family spirit of God overcomes these challenges and how it empowers us to enjoy the potential of beautiful family life. Welcome to Jesus Smart, the podcast. This is episode 18. The belief here is that Jesus knows how life works best, plus The future belongs to his kingdom. See the show notes page for this episode at JesusSmart.com. What you're about to hear is a conversation with Willie and Rachel Scott, founders of Better Than Blended, an organization which resources and equips blended families. Right at the top, though, let me mention the Beyond Blended Conference, October 5 and 6, 2018, at the Doubletree Hotel, Beachwood, Ohio, the greater Cleveland area. Go to betterthanblended.com to register and to learn more. Betterthanblended.com. If you somehow listen to this after October 5 and 6, 2018, which some of you will, get on the email list for future events too, because many things are happening in their organization. Now, are you ready for this? This episode is only about 30 minutes, but I got to tell you, it's loaded. You're going to like this couple and what they do. They're strong in prayer. They have a prophetic vibe on them. They're over-the-horizon thinkers, and they're makers and doers. Well, after all of that, let's get right to it. Here's Willie and Rachel Scott. They've been featured on Today's Family, Huffington Post, Moody Radio, even um, devotionals, right, on the Version app. Is that right? Yes. How, how many do you have right now there? Right now we have two, but we will be adding more. They have an organization and a work called Better Than Blended, which focuses on family life that we're excited to talk about. But we are also going to be talking about current themes that uh, the Holy Spirit's working on in their lives. And in my life, too, I'll chip in current words, things that he's teaching us, an opportunity to listen in on that, and maybe that will resonate with you. We're sitting outside of Starbucks here in the Cleveland area, so you'll hear a little bit of ambient noise, but we like that. Uh, Willie Scott is a husband, a father, a mentor, and award-winning community advocate. He worked for the uh, Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority as a public servant for over 15 years, and his passion is encouraging youth and families. His passion is also for Christ, and unashamed commitment to family is recognized by all who know him. He enjoys working together with his wife, Rachel, and they bring the power of the gospel of Christ to the needs of blended families, and he's motivated and excited about the practical application of strategies 
designed to strengthen marriages while inspiring families. Hey, anything you'd like to add to that, Willie? No, that sounds great. You did an awesome, <laughs> awesome introduction. I, I think you made it sound better than it is. <laughs> it's, a, it's a good intro, and I'm sure there's more that could be said. Rachel is a wife, a mom, a mentor, an author, a teacher. She's a graduate of Kansas State University and the University of Mary. She has written an e-booklet titled Seven Ways to Deal with Conflict in Co-Parenting. She's deeply devoted to serving God and raising her children in a godly home where they experience authenticity and embrace their imperfections. And she's dedicated to encouraging blended families and working alongside her husband to accomplish this goal. Together, they've written a book called Better Than Blended, Taking Your Family from Surviving to Thriving. I like that transition right there, you know. Uh, They have a podcast called He Said, She Said. That's an interesting title. I can imagine that gets pretty dynamic. (laughs) (laughs) And they do blended family workshops. They have this T-shirt I want to hear about. I can't come down. I know there's a whole little window that's going to open up there. They also have a magazine now that's out. Their second edition is out. How is that going, Willie, the magazine? I, I know that's a big a big job, like 37 pages. Yeah, yes, yeah, it's, it's a huge job, but we are just blessed to have some amazing contributors. Uh, of course, my wife writes awesome, but we have some amazing contributors that, that um, submit articles and, and things of that nature, and then just putting actually putting everything together. Together, God has blessed me with the eye of creativity to be able to bring those things together. Yeah. And then we have other people that come alongside us that's been helping us to bring it to life that's a digital magazine is it do you ever foresee it going into print as well or is it now in print no no it's not in print now we do foresee it going into print we actually talk we've been talking about that that's the funny thing we've been talking about that off and on for the last since the first edition we just kind of deciding whether it's going to go into print whether it's not going to go into print but we do believe that it is going to go into yeah i i love the magazine format i think a an article, a timely article, can make a big difference in people's lives. I know it has for me. Right. In this past episode, uh, just to give you a sense of the practicality of that magazine, uh, articles like what to do when autism becomes part of your blended family story, or how to get along with your ex, or why do stepmoms dread Mother's Day. I mean, articles like that, it's excellent. Plus, there's a conference coming up in October of 2018. If you hear this afterwards, it'll be over, of course, but I'm sure if you just stay connected with them there will be other conferences better than blended couples conference beyond blending we selected beyond blending because we want people to realize that it's not always about the different factors associated with you blending sometimes we get so focused on the kids and the elements of blending that we forget about the marriage so we want to encourage people to look beyond just the blending process and to refocus on the marriage itself and strengthen that Ooh, the marriage everything comes off of that doesn't it yes the marriage if the marriage is no good nothing's going to be any good in the family life. That's what my wife and I have discovered. So prioritize that. Yes, that's that's excellent. And uh, we'll give you information. What is the website? Is it betterthanblended.com? Yes, it's betterthanblended.com. And I would encourage you to not only visit that site, but to get on their email list to stay connected with the site and stay connected with the work that they're doing. You'll be notified of other events, I'm sure. Guys, I, um, I know that the whole family thing, the whole family spirit is a big value with God, you know, the value of family. I think that, I don't know how you feel about this, but I think that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are sort of in a family-like relationship, you know? Yes. Uh, of, of course, the Trinity is, is, is a unique thing. I mean, three in one, three individuals and yet one. And yet, I think it says in Genesis 1 that it says, God said, let us, plural, and I assume that means Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us make man in our image, and he created a man and a woman. He created a family. It's like he 
in a sense, downloaded this concept of family or unity right in the Garden of Eden to begin with. I think it's a very primal thing. But what has happened, it, it, I, I think we can probably agree that it's been under a lot of assault and attack yes. over the years, right? It has been. And, then, and, and it, I I'm just want to piggyback off what you said. The crux of that, if we, if we pay attention to it, is what we're doing even with the conference is God made man, and then he said uh, he, he shouldn't be alone. So with that, he created him a wife, and so he started marriage. And then from marriage, after he created marriage, then he then he started family. So the crux of family is essentially is marriage is something that is dear to God's heart, but also family is something that is that is dear to God's heart. And Jesus even elevated family like into the body of Christ. One time, as early in his ministry, his his mother and his brothers came. They thought he was losing his mind, you know. Right. And they said, "Hey, your mom and your brothers are out there. Your family's out there." He said, "Hey, look around in this room. Look at my, look at you guys, my followers, my my disciples." Um, this is my mother and this is my brother's right. right here, you know. So he, he really, there's even a sense of, of family within the body of Christ. This is how valuable it is it is to God. So blended family, um, how would you define it? So um, the way that we define it is when there is someone who either comes into the marriage or um, they come into the relationship and they already have children. So somehow the, the marriage comes together, but there's already children that are present mm -hmm. that come into the um, marriage from either the husband or the wife. They all come together and they try to make things work. Right. Now, every family is a blended family, right? No matter right. what. I mean, <laughs> if you don't think that marriage is a blend, you need Absolutely. to smell the coffee and wake up. We're at Starbucks. Go, go. Just, just grab a coffee right now. <laughs> when children come, hey, man, that's a big blend. We have four daughters, and let me tell you, the blender's working there. But you're saying that, you know, the quote-unquote blended family, as we understand it, is uh, may maybe there's been a divorce. Right, a divorce from a previous relationship. Or an adoption. Or, um, or single, adoption, widowhood. So the children were present before the couples came to the couple came together. Right, very good. And so, and so your work focuses on equipping and resourcing and inspiring and, right, ministering to those to those families there's obviously a so, sort of a unique set of opportunities and challenges there what is just a bit of your story uh regarding this okay so <laughs> i came from um a, i was previously married and divorced so i actually had two children that i brought into the marriage when willie and i became married so um previously married divorced two children and then i'll let willie tell his part of the story and me, I came from came into the relationship with three children from being previous married and widowed. Okay, so you, how many children do you have right now? So, so we have a total of seven children together. So we, it's a total family of nine. That's quite a quiver of arrows right, right. there, right? <laughs> right. And we have eight daughters. No, just kidding. We have four daughters. I like to say eight because then, then when I say four, people say, oh, it's just four daughters. You know, sort of an estrogen wave there that I deal with, but uh, it's all good. And uh, God is faithful. I try to pray over our family every day, you know. And, and um, that's awesome. That's uh, one of the prayers I've been praying recently over our family is is uh, out of Psalm 144. It says, "Let our sons in their youth be as grown-up plants." I don't have a son. We got a couple male cats around, but <laughs> I, I guess they're my sons. I don't know. And then it says, "Let our daughters be as corner pillars, sculptured in palace style," you know. And I just hear there a sense of royalty and you know the temple of the Lord. And we want our kids to have a royal kingdom vibe on them don't we right a, a royal anointing and i love it i've also noticed willie and i and i know you're a great person of prayer for your family but i've noticed that when i when i do pray for my kids 
surprising things happen during the day, good things. Right. Things that don't normally seem to happen when yep. I don't. <laughs> I mean, if I miss a day of like praying for my family in the morning, let's say. So um, blessing that family in prayer. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really key, especially getting up in the morning because every day is a new day. We we hear that every day is a new day and. But we have, but we when we hear that, we just say every day is a new day, and we look at it in the, in the good sense, which we should. But you also have to remember every day is a new day, so it's a new strategy for the enemy to attempt to attack mm-hmm. and to plan and to plot and do all those things against you and your children. So every day, yeah, it's not it's not good enough to just pray on Monday that God just protect my children, and we can do that. But I I feel that for me. I just feel more comfortable, and I feel like we should do that every morning. Every morning we should get up and say, Lord, protect my children, cover my children, allow them to have a fruitful day at school. Allow them to uh, be a light in wherever they're at and to be a leader wherever they're they're located. So Uh, I I love praying shields around my family. That's good. One of the themes I pray a lot is out of Zechariah. Lord, Lord, around our family, be a wall of fire, you know, be the glory in our midst. You know, I, I like to pray out of Psalms 3 that... It says that he surrounds us with favor as a shield. You know, he surrounds us with his presence. And um, I like that. I can feel it registering and I feel secure about the right. day, you know, right. because our families, especially if you're a couple or a, or a family that's sort of on mission together in some way, you seem to incur a little bit more resistance from the enemy, a little bit more fiery darts seem to come your way. Right. So <laughs> so uh, I, I want to get those prayers uh, registered there on a consistent basis. I like that, Willie. What do you guys think about like praying like, you know, how the weather we will forecast the weather. What about like prayer casting, like getting out in front of situations a week, a month, if, if you know something important is coming, instead of always waiting until it's right up on us? I, I definitely think that's very important, being proactive in your prayers. Um, that's kind of, there's another thing that, that I'm coming out with, which is called I Can't Come Down. And that's kind of the theme centered around that, which is understand, understanding whether you're a stepmom, a bio mom, a co-parenting mom, um, whatever the element of your blended family is as a mom, understanding your specific assignment and the lives of your child. And a lot of times what I have found, especially when it comes to my stepchildren in areas where I may not be able to physically change the situation, my prayers change the situation. And no one else was positioned to pray that specific prayer for them because God would give me eyes to see what was going on with them. And even if I brought it to his attention, it wasn't received the way that I would have liked. So I was like, this is something for me to go to prayer about. And then it not only would change his heart, but it would change the whole situation. And there's times I would pray and fast and literally see major drastic changes happen with my children. I love it. You're saying that as a parent, we're probably, would you agree that we are uniquely anointed and equipped to pray over Absolutely. our children, our families, our spouses, right? Absolutely. We see so many things that the average person just walking down the street or even a teacher or some other person of influence may not yeah. see when we have spiritual eyes to see it and pray. I love praying the prayer over myself, Paul's prayer out of Ephesians 1. And I prayed over my family too. You know, God, give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of the Lord, the knowledge the Lord has. Has. Not just the knowledge about the Lord, but he has knowledge about everything. He has the highest information yes. for our lives and our families and our children. You know, as children, like, get a little older and start considering, like, career choices or what they're, you know, they start tracking towards that age where they're going to be mate selection and the starting of their own families. 
we need the Lord's inspiration and information, you know. We need wisdom and revelation, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened, right? I, I just feel that that's a great default prayer to constantly pray over ourselves out of Ephesians 1, like verse 17 and following. I really like that. Spirit of wisdom and revelation. Frankly, I believe that with that prayer operating at a, at, in a high gear in our lives, that I do more right by accident. And I, I just, I don't know, I just had this practical thought and I wanted to share it is, so if you have a... You have a seed that you plant in the ground and you have so you have your garden in a sense and you have fruit. So looking at it from that perspective of our children, our children are also seeds. But we know that the goal of this plant, the seed is to get it to grow. Mm-hmm. It's for it to become a, a, whatever it's going to become. If it's going to become a, a, a tree or apple tree or whatever, we're going to we're going to cultivate it in a way that we can get it to its final destination or its final purpose, yeah. which is to produce fruit. And so that means that we have to go out there and we have to water it. Sometimes it'll rain. The nature na- the, uh, nature will naturally give it some substance. But in some cases, we have to go out there and be intentional and give it the nutrients and stuff that it needs. And then when we see those winter seasons coming, if that plant is not designed to be out in the winter, then we have to take that plant up and we have to put it in a proper environment and cultivate it so that it can be, it can get the proper nourishment it needs for, to be protected from the winter time. So I don't know, that just came to my mind where you were talking as far as our children too. We yeah. have these seeds that we have to nurture and when the winter comes we have to sometimes shield them from the winter or we have to pull them out of situations and put them in a different environment so that they can flourish or sometimes they have to endure some of that just because it helps to build muscle helps to strengthen them but we're there to actually just help them through that whole process that's what that i believe that's what god has called called us to do that's our assignment that's the reason that seed has been given to us yes i like that a lot i mean Really, I mean, deep down, we're cultivators, aren't we? Right. He placed yep. Adam in the garden to cultivate it and, and exactly. Eve to keep it and to bring out the potential. It's like a partnership. God has created these plants or whatever we're cultivating. If we're cultivating a business or, or a piece of technology or something, he's given the ideas and he's enabled it to happen. But we are to you know, release its full potential. Right. Um, I was talking with our oldest daughter um, who just graduated from college, actually. But I was in a bank one day, and I was waiting to see somebody, and I picked up this magazine, bank magazine or money magazine or something. It had an article in there about repotting plants. And it was using the metaphor of, you know, like a plant, if it's in a pot that's too small, right. it needs to be repotted yep. so its root system can grow and the right. plant can come into its its full maturity. And they were saying it's like that with us, that... We, we go through times in our lives where we have to be repotted. Right. We have to come into a new kind of a setting or a new place where our root system can really expand. That's probably part of parenting too, isn't it? Yeah, if you think about that, that happens to our children. As they get, they go from, from being an infant, then you have to repot them when they get to be a toddler. Yeah. Because they, now they want to explore more. And then, you, then they become, what is it, uh, adolescent. And then from there, they go into being teenagers, so now they want more freedom, so now their roots are growing deeper, and then, uh, then you know, they become a young adult. So that's, that's a really good analogy. makes sense. And I wanted to kind of chime in on that and say I'm even thinking about particular times when there's more repotting done in one season. It can be because with our son, we end up putting him in three different school systems, three different schools. He went from a charter school to a Christian school to a public school, and so we were able to find what was a good fit for him to mm, flourish most spiritually. And now we're seeing the fruit of that but how we kept him in some of the other areas where it just wasn't a good fit for him anymore yeah. you know it and he was in elementary when all of this happened but 
God specifically told us that we needed to move them each time that we did. And what's important there, that hearing ear that you had, right? Absolutely. Being, being Absolutely. sensitive to the Lord's like best for him, his yep. ideal sort of pathway for him, right? And, and being willing to take those steps. And one thing I always try to do is be in tune with God's story for their life because I can create my own. I can say, this is what I want you to do with your life. And that's when things don't go so well. But when I'm like, okay, Lord, this is not making sense, but I am just praying that he is walking out your story and I am, you know, blocking the enemy from anything that is not um, part of your story for his life. And this doesn't look like the story that I will write, but this must be part of your story. And I just am um, intentional with being um, persistent with praying into God's story rather than my own. <laughs> that's good. That's, now that's coming from a writer, right? <laughs> so tapping into the grander narrative, you know, it's like God has a story, his ultimate story, but we are like sub-stories or subplots in his, in his yes. story, right? Having that sensitivity and that maturity as a parent to even if it looks a little bit different than what you thought it would look like for a child, right? Absolutely. <laughs> to, to, to help them actually get into their narrative. It all, it all fits in with God's bigger story. I like that. So you mentioned a phrase, uh, Rachel, I can't come down. Where does that come from? So that comes you get from, that from? Did you make that up? Nehemiah. <laughs> it came from the Bible. So um, just when I was going through a difficult season and trying to really stay focused on my assignment and the role of my stepchildren and my biological children, um, God took me through Nehemiah and really showed me that I'm a rebuilder of walls, whether it's broken pieces in their hearts or, you know, just however I'm reestablishing something. And my job is no matter what distractions are coming up my way, no matter what people are saying about me to stay focused because I'm working on something great and I can't come down. So Nehemiah was this guy right who who led the effort to rebuild the walls of yes. Jerusalem right yes after the Babylonian exile and he they did it in something like was it 52 days 52 days 52 days they without cranes and you know mechanical equipment they rebuilt these walls of Jerusalem that were torn down by the Babylonians yes with opposition and that's the context of this right because yes. the adversaries came and tried to what lie Absolutely. and discourage they were lying they were sending messengers they were yeah. facebooking Come and on down social and talk media to us. and stalking them Right. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To put it in today's, and they had uh, to stay focused on their assignment. And so they said, "Come on down. We want to talk with you about this, right?" Yes, yes. And that is a no-win conversation right there. But Nehemiah said, "I can't come down. I'm, I'm, I'm doing. I'm working on something great, and I can't come down." What he was saying there was, "Hey, listen, man. What I'm doing, you're not worth me coming down to talk Absolutely. with you right now because what I'm doing here." And so and I, I can't have come tunnel down. Vision on what I'm supposed to be working. Yeah. On. <laughs> so have you? Do you have any testimonies or any examples of how, like with your assignment, how you have felt resisted or tempted? Absolutely. Or I think one thing that a lot of um, stepmoms feel is just rejection. And for me, it was very difficult coming in, trying to figure out my role, the dynamic of my role when it came to my stepchildren, especially since their mother is no longer here. So what did it look like for me to step into the situation and what is it that they needed specifically from me? So my husband, and he, he'll show this um, probably in a moment, but he um, really wanted someone that could step in as a mother to them. But that's not what they wanted. They had some active women in their life, their grandmother and other people that okay. were actively in their life and really what they needed was someone that could model what it looked like to be a wife to their father what it looked like to be a mother to children and as I began to do that 
that is really what um, established a relationship between us. But in the meantime, there were so many things being said on the other end um, from just other people, from family members, even oh, from my co-parenting element. What they felt element. like your role should be. Yeah, like my role look. should be what I was doing well, what I wasn't doing well. And then me coming from a, a, a dynamic where I'm co-parenting, there was a lot coming from that angle. And so it was really making me distracted on what I was supposed to be working mm. on. My kids were going through different things and I wasn't even attentive or in tune. And finally I decided to stay focused. Like I have an assignment I have to do before these kids turn a certain age. Each of them has to fulfill certain things and I need to be attentive to what mm. that is. So no matter what's going on around me, no matter who's talking about me, no matter what mom's shame is happening, I have to stay focused on my assignment. You even think of that word like distract to distract. Yeah. You know, to get you off of your assigned track. That's so good. And, and when you're on that pathway with God, I mean, that's where the music is at. That's where the energy is at. That's where you're going to really feel God smiling, right, upon yes. you. And you're going to feel joy and fulfillment and energy. I like that. So I, I, I saw that you created, if you go to their website, you can see T-shirts. They, they had a really good design on a T-shirt. And there's more coming. That's just our starting point. We have okay. a Bible study coming out, devotionals, all of that. About that theme? <laughs> yes. I can't come down? A, Excellent. Yes. Wow. Nehemiah chapter 6, if you want to check that out. What I like about that story, too, guys, is that the force and the speed that Nehemiah operated at. Yes. He was so fast and so forceful that the enemy hardly even knew it could, could keep up with him. Right, right Willie? Yep. I, I, you know, I feel that sometimes, you know, Francis Frangipan talks about, you know, the dragon or the enemy is, is spoken of as the dragon in certain parts of Scripture and how the enemy likes to drag on our That's assignments or to, to slow us down right. so much that we get our thoughts and our emotions get all entangled in it being so slow and all the effects of the of, of negativity around us and we actually either quit or we don't rise to the level that right. we, we could be, yep. you know. But Nehemiah man, he hit that thing with so much force and speed. Right. He was he was focused. He was focused on his assignment and he just stayed committed to what, what he felt God called him to do because he knew that the, the end goal of that was was um, to better his people. Yeah. He was looking at how his people were living, how the walls were torn down, and all these years had gone by. And it just and after his brother came back, it just broke his heart. It broke his heart, and from there, he just asked God for favor. And he just and I, I love the part where even as he was before the king, it said that. When the king asked him why was he sad in his presence or whatever, he he before he even answered, he said, I prayed to God. So literally, even in that second, that's how important prayer is, even in that second. Because if you go before a king back in those days, biblically, that if you went before a king with that type of continence, that's you true. could actually be killed. So he you was going before the king. You real quick because right. your, head, your head would be gone. <laughs> your head would be taken off. Yeah. So he, he prayed. He knew how important it was. He prayed to God, and God gave him favor with that king that allowed him to go out and complete that assignment. Sure did. So, Funded it in everything, yeah, right? Yeah. Gave him the resources and the, the, right. the, the, the open doors, all of it. So we just say, even with this, that's why I love uh, what my wife is doing with I Can't Come Down because for those moms that are just have that fear or have that frustration or are just concerned— you don't have to be concerned. Just give it to God. God will fund the project. He will make sure that your house is taken care of. He will make sure that your kids are healthy. He will make sure that your marriage is strong. He will help you do all those things. We just have to be, we just have to pray in those moments to him. Ask him, hey, how do I handle this? What should I do? And then move in his, move in his directions. Um, yeah, that is so good. Pray in the moment. Stay current. Pray without ceasing. I think this is what Paul kind of meant by right. that, right? Yep. Just stay in a, just, 
just be alert, stay Continual. in a spirit of prayer, yep. right? And, and, and from time to time, just reconnect during the day. We have our devotional life, like in the morning or morning and evening, but then to, to stay in touch during the day. Right. Rachel, do you, do you see anything there in that Nehemiah story? Because they were rebuilding the walls, like rebuilding breaches and restoring the walls, right? right? Uh, for, let's say, uh, a mom and a wife in a blended family, that she is a restorer. Absolutely. And building up the breaches that have been torn down. That's really the theme. And that's what I want them to understand is that that's their assignment is to not look at what's broken as it's going to remain broken. But what's broken, you're able to help rebuild. Yeah. And that's definitely what I want them to see. And if you're, you know, if you just read the Bible, you will understand that when God restores things, it's better than it was before. Yep. That he doesn't like restore it like less than it was or even equal to. But the pattern seems to be it's more than what was originally uh, lost. And when a blended family comes together, there is always some level of brokenness, either through divorce, through death, through single parenthood. And maybe a father or a mother wasn't there. It's, It's something that when we come in, it's kind of our job to identify that brokenness so that we can know what it's our job to nurture and identify how is this brokenness impacting this child? Is it impacting them through their behavior? Is it impacting them through their communication? And then begin to pray in that area. Locate the breaches, right? Yes. And then target them in prayer. They'll be back next week. The Lord is working with them on some powerful edges, which we'll touch on next week. Like the dynamic of immediate obedience, the leverage and positioning of that. Optimizing outcomes by harmonizing with the timing of the Lord and much more. Thanks, friends, for rating, reviewing, and following this podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean. It helps others discover the content to see if it's a good fit for them. Plus, it keeps you connected. Also, visit JesusSmart.com. You can stream the show there. You can also download it. You can see the show notes for the episode there. Plus, you can leave thoughts and questions. There's also a contact page if you'd like to contact me directly. Check out the next episode, number 19, part three in our mini-sode series on apostolic Christ following. Heads up, okay? It's not average Christianity that we're being challenged with uh, as we discuss this. So coming up. Every Tuesday right now, we have the episode of the week with the guest, and every Thursday is our mini-sode day. As always, with Jesus, our horizon is brilliant. Make it a smart week, and all the best until next time. Yeah.